Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Bonsai Time podcast. In today's episode, our own Kevin Ferris interviews Will Badley, the renowned Deadwood Carver. We recorded this interview earlier this year when Will was traveling through the US and he stopped in Columbus, Ohio for a workshop with Rob Hoffman at UMAN Bonsai. Speaking of, your local club or bonsai nursery can book Will for his next 2023 tour in the US by contacting Rob Hoffman as he is helping to arrange this for Will. Okay, back to today's interview. So Kevin and Will discuss Will's start as a bonsai artist and as a deadwood carver, as well as his life now as a bonsai professional and where Will looks to for inspiration. Have a listen and enjoy. Interview, and it was not turned on. I was up to Indiana to a workshop with Mark. A three hour interview. You, you learn by your mistakes. Yeah. 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 I, think, I think that's how it's supposed to work. Yeah, right. And you yeah, know. we're still here, so. <laughs> okay. At least he caught it so quickly this time. You know? Right, good job. Right. Okay, um, my name's Will Badley uh, from the United Kingdom. I'm over in the States for a couple of months. And uh, presently we're in Ohio having a, a wonderful weekend in wonderful weather, good company and good trees. So, uh, you were saying about your your history. You know, yes, as um, the guidelines were record and don't. Not yeah, so I, I didn't really have a uh, an interest in uh, gardening until I got my first house hmm. with my wife. Uh, I started off with a little greenhouse, a few cacti. Um, on the way back from work one day, I stopped in at a fuel station, and uh, there were a, a few sarissas on the counter. Hmm. Uh, I think it was 10.99, something like that. And that was the start. Uh, I managed to kill it quite quickly. But in the meantime, I bought a book by Colin Lewis that it was, it was more um, native-based and uh, collecting uh, elms and stuff like that. So I got out there almost straight away. My job at the time, I was thatching. Uh, lots of hedges, uh, lots of land that I had access to, and so I, I started digging up elms, which is my favourite species, mm. and and went on from there really, and never looked back. And the, well, my passion for bonsai has just grown and grown and grown from there really. Nice. Um, I got into carving um, through the type of mural, uh, material we collect. Uh, around where I am. We haven't got the mountains, we haven't got the Yamadori, and it, it's uh, taller trees uh, with a, a good root base and a bit of movement, uh, but trunk chops. So you have to deal with the trunk chops. So that's where the machine carving came in. Hmm. Um, I, I don't, there aren't many people that have, uh, put the level of detail into the work that I, I kind of do. And that I, that I think stems from um, my model making when I was uh, from as long as I can remember building Second World War models, you know, uh, Spitfires and wow. all the aeroplanes and yeah. and that the level of detail that you get in when you're doing that kind of work is um, kind of follow through, really follow through with the carving. Um, yeah. So yeah. within that that time frame of uh, you know getting the trees to carving. Were you traveling with the bonsai before that and then got into carving to travel later? No, no. Um, 
the carving kind of developed over several years, but it was just doing it on my own. There was a, mm. the, the internet was uh, barely um, barely around when uh, when I started, and it was. Uh, most of my work has come through the internet. I started off on the Internet Bonsai Club. Yeah, uh, this was back in 2019. Uh, yeah, it might have been 1999, actually. 2000, roughly that time. That's like the infancy of forums. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, uh, people started appreciating my work. I, I got uh, a few workshops. Um, there's a guy in Belgium called Yannick Kigan. Hmm. Um, I think he was he was the first workshop I did abroad, and uh, Pavel Slovak in the Czech Republic, and I kind of did those uh, during my holiday periods. My wife would allow me to take a week off work and you know and travel a bit, hmm. and um, it kind of went from there. I, uh, I was uh, thatching at the time, and I kind of got bored with the thatching a bit. It's uh, you're working on your own. It's quite a lonely, lonely job. And uh, I was looking for something else, and I went into the probation service mm. and um, started working in hostels uh, where we deal with uh, um, the prisoners on release, uh, high-risk prisoners on release. So it was like a halfway house? That could be yeah, okay. yeah. So they, they would come in with license conditions, uh, drug and alcohol testing, stuff like that, and we'd do uh, group work with them. Mm. So I, I started... Uh, I thought about bonsai as a as a healing tool, which it, it's proved yeah. on many occasions to be a very, very good um, yeah. spiritual kind of, uh, you know, it kind of absorbs, it's very absorbing, you know, you can kind of forget all your problems, it's a very therapeutic hobby, and, and it worked really well with, um, with the prisoners. Is that still uh, continuing, do you know? Or no, I don't, I don't think so, it stopped, oh, okay. it stopped with me. But... Um, uh, I've lost my thread. Uh, it was trying to say, yeah. I, I ended up getting getting divorced, bought a house, lost my job. With the probation. With the probation service, they decided to privatise it. Oh yeah. And um, a certain a certain amount of us um, lost our jobs, and I, I didn't really want to go back to thatching because it's. Uh, I'm getting older, my knees aren't what they used to be, my hips, I've had operations on my wrists. Um, and a, a good friend of mine, Kevin Wilson, who's also a carver, uh, saw the potential in what I can do and suggested I, I do this as a, a profession. What year was that? That was 2015. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. It's not yeah. too long. Ago. So now yeah. that you've been a professional bonsai artist for that long, um, I know you were just talking about how bonsai in the past has been kind of therapeutic for you. Mm -hmm. Have you found that being a professional bonsai artist is a less stressful job full-time than your previous jobs? Um, no, I would say having to um, uh, making sure you've got a, a, a full... I don't know. It, would I say I enjoy it as much? I think I do. Um, uh, but there's a there's a difference when you have to do it as opposed to when you want to do it. You, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think it goes along the lines of um, you know 
piggybacking on Ryan's question is like people have this idea of what it would be like to be a professional bonsai artist or like, or like a skateboarder professional skateboarder is going to be great yeah. but when it, like you said the time comes to crunch down yeah oh I don't want to do it today but I have to yeah right? yeah, yeah there, there's an element of that it's not I mean you know I still love it so it's it's not that difficult right. it's, it's not, not training yeah yeah, yeah. Um, within the within your time through workshops and teaching and whatnot, what's the best way that you found to break through the new person barrier or the barrier that all these new people have like what should I work on as far as first trader what is good material to even have in my you know where you're at in the UK if a new person came up to you today from your experience like I was saying within workshops and teaching how do you go about telling them what and where to look for what to work on or what to do well I mean it, you know there's well, so like there's so many there's so many levels, isn't there? You know, uh, uh, whether someone is uh, working on stuff they've dug up that's not particularly good quality trees, or whether it's you know top end Yamadori, you know, as long as as long as people are getting the same kind of uh, buzz out of it, that's that's the most important thing. So I'd. You know, I don't push for people to be buying uh, the, the the best material they can. Is um, what what pleases them is 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 really where you know whether it's indoor trees or outdoor trees. I don't think it makes a huge amount of difference. Um, so I, you know, I'm I'm not pushy. I, I don't push. My, I I sell a little bit of material, but that's mm. not really my goal. Right. Um, that side of it. Um, if I could follow up a little bit, um, so also on getting new people into the hobby, when you have someone come to a workshop, they've never picked up a die grinder or a Dremel before, but they're at your workshop, so they're obviously interested in carving at mm -hmm. that point. Yeah. How do you help them get over that initial, I guess, almost fear of the machine and, and fear of the fact that some of the wood that you take away you can't put back? Unlike when you're growing a branch, you can cut it and it can grow back. But well, there, you know, there are a lot of mistakes you can make that are fixable. Hmm. Um, sometimes they're not, but you know, just just keeping it. If if I see that someone's nervous and needs more help than someone else, then they'll get more help than someone else. Mm -hmm. You can gauge that quite quickly, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's not the machine shaking. Yeah, and I often, I often, you know, if if they kind of look at me like a rabbit in the headlights, then then I'll show them first. You know, mm -hmm. some people just pick up a tool straight away and, and get stuck in, which can be a little bit alarming as well. <laughs> if I if I'm not quite, you know, round to them yet, right. you know, sometimes people can get a bit ahead of themselves right. and uh, right. do something that. I, uh, I maybe didn't explain properly, or or they didn't listen properly. You know, usually the latter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and I noticed uh, yesterday in the workshop you did draw with Sharpie like an area for Kevin to carve, like that yeah, kind of. Yeah. Thing. So yeah, can we we, we can simplify it, and uh, you know, um, or use the use a whiteboard, and mm -hmm. sometimes that helps to explain things a bit better. Gotcha. But, yeah, yeah, but it's uh, gaining confidence with the tools, knowing which ones go. Which ones do uh, which job is um, mm. is what the workshops are for. You're not you're not necessarily going to create the kind of carving that I do straight away, um, but, but it's just a guide. And it's, it's a, the, the principles to the work that I do are quite basic, um, but very very um, time consuming and um, detailed. 
Yeah. So it looks complicated, but it's it's not really. It's uh, there's a quite a simple process to uh, to the whole lot, really. Right. Well, in that you know, time and consideration to the craft and the art, and yeah. just understanding of how wood works, like yeah. you were saying today, yeah. you know, following yeah. the grain. But yeah. on Greenwood, like we worked with mine, or today you work with yeah. the, that beach. Absolutely. Uh, where's the line? Well, I don't know. Wait, wait two years, you'll find it yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was your first experience like traveling outside of the UK? I always like to know this because were you scared, like rock star stage fright? Oh, or? I get. I get. I would say I get um, a little bit anxious every time. That still goes on. Yeah. How yeah. do you uh, How do you counteract that? Um, I. I would say I'm quite shy, but I push myself. Jump right in. Yeah, yeah. I've always been good at that. Yeah. It's funny because I didn't pick up. Yeah, on that I, I would say a, a little bit introverted. Mm. You know. Mm. Um, but yeah, I push myself. Uh, initially, when I when I first did club talks, I used to get really, really anxious. I wouldn't be able to eat before. Mm. It gets easier so, uh, the more you do it. Right, that's right. for sure. And I can now, I can now, I can eat. And, right, and, uh, but I, but I still, I, I do get nervous. Mm. You know, before I came out of here, I, you know, I think, you know, you're meeting new people. You need, you don't know how it's going to be, so. Know, like coming here but it's fine you know Robert's a good man you're all nice people Thank and you. it's very easy to get on with mm. you know good material you know you're thinking you're, you're thinking about the work that you're doing that's um it's good to see it's, right yeah we're definitely happy to have you thank you within your time in um also what has been the biggest thing you've taken away from your experiences as far as like, not life changing, but what have you learned more about yourself just within the practice? Um, that if you push it, that if you push yourself, you can achieve the things that um, that you want to do. Mm. But you have, you know, it's a struggle sometimes, and you have to push. Um, yeah, that that's the thing. You know, we're we're both in school. We're both trying to do something, future tense of. Bonsai relation. I know myself, you know, I wanted to do nursery and you know, idea and whatnot. And then, you know, Brian has ideas, uh, as you were saying with me the other day, of wanting to teach and you know, do things that way. Um, with Within the, the realm of, of trees and professionally, I've heard it's kind of doggy dog. Is that still hold true? Or is it changing as you see? Well, with the, the line of work I'm in, uh, I'm not really competing with many people, you know. Right. I, I can work with with several artists that don't get on with each other really. Mm. Um, I don't discuss, you know, all all the infighting that goes on amongst other artists. I, I don't really get involved in all that. Right. I see it happening, but uh, you know, my job isn't um, competing with, uh, you know, I. Most most people out there are, are stylists, so my carving work mm. doesn't really interfere with any of that. Um, so I'm, it's quite a fortunate position to be in, really. Yeah. You know, my my piece of the pie is uh, is is uh, um, what's the word? Uh, constant. You yeah. Know? You have your own market, right? I mean, yeah. You yeah. I mean, you know, hopefully someone else will come in and uh, you know pick up some of the work that I do and yeah, 
and carry it forward. You know, maybe one of you guys one day will be uh, oh. good enough to to carve and and teach in America. That'd be that'd be lovely. Yeah, I'd, was, I'd like that. That was the thing I was pushing for, just because. You know, like we talked yesterday, I'm from Oregon, you know, I've done my time out there with all the things. Ryan studied out in Washington State, right above Oregon. So having that kind of bubble with all this access. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. if it wasn't for Rob having this nursery now, because we're at UMAN right now, you know, it, it, it was a desert. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, a very dry mirage everywhere desert. Yeah. It's like, is that a tree? No, no, that's just a hill. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and what I was talking with these three Rob and Ryan was like you know going forward we can hold things for the club now too yeah just in the basics absolutely we barely broke the, the, you know broke broke through the ice if you will but the Ryan and I have discussed a lot of carving just even before like well how, how do you think you do this how do you do that and just what you told us just in our own little bits of working on our trees it's like oh yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah you just need a little snippet to get you going and you can um you can carry that forward and you know develop your own style right you know right as as you know the theory and thought of bonsai is to create a tree that looks like something from nature right yeah, yeah. everyone's climate's different like you're yeah. saying you know yeah i mean temperate in oregon temperate but here is you get high winds and you know in the cleveland area and then some crazy tornadoes in cincinnati you know yeah. and so yeah. you get some really interesting stuff um as far as the gear that you use how did you wind up just finding that gear is that just, uh, so just, that just a trial a trial and error okay. i have i have buckets and buckets of tools at home that i never use you know uh, right. that i've bought and tried once and nah. they get <laughs> slung in the corner and never seen again Tanks they're right just off. gathering <laughs> dust you know? um but yeah they're, they're even in, in that toolbox over there you know there's too many tools i mean obviously i have spares that i can loan out to people if they need to borrow them um you know, they tend to be, there's probably 10 tools that I use the most hmm. or all the time, you know, gotcha. and the rest of it is kind of extras or, you know, don't get used very often for really specific tasks. Right, you know. Going along the lines of having too many tools for people to use in workshops, along mm -hmm. with this idea of traveling. Um, do you remember your first time coming to the States? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts of the people you're going to be with? Did you know them at all, or did you have an idea? Uh, or? Uh, no, I, I didn't know. Uh, I knew them from online, chatting okay. online. Okay. The, the likes of uh, Robert Presler and oh, yeah. Mike Andrew Humphreys. Mm -hmm. uh, the, they were the main two that kind of got me over here, really. Um, I, I started off, my first venture was uh, MAPS. Was it five, five, six years ago, I think? Is that um, your first time to the States? Yeah. Altogether? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a big intro. First yeah. time here, and then, hey, welcome to the world of yeah. American bullseye. And it was good. That was, uh, you know, it was good material, because I'd heard that the, the, the material might not be uh, up to, you know, what you're used to working on, but it was it was good. And uh, I, I found the people very warm. Yeah. You know, I've, I, I don't think I've met anyone so far, and I'll touch wood. That's, although that's plastic. Yeah, I haven't come across anyone that's uh, you know either rubbed me up the wrong way or I, I wouldn't work for again. You know? mm, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's a good feeling. I'm sure just because I've heard some people's stories. Like, you did what? They said what to you? Oh my! No, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, 
with your experience, you know, East Coast, West Coast, this is your first time in the Midwest, right? Or the first time in Rust Ohio. Belt, guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rust Belt Midwest? You don't get them confused, I've heard. And I know. <laughs> what are your things you picked up just on cultural, as far as the influence of trees or how people interact with their trees uh, from East to West Coast and Midwest? Now? Is it different or is it all the same? I, I would say it's more or less, more or less the same. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's, Yamadori seems to be the strong, the strongest part of uh, um, what's going on now. It seems to you know, with the with the rise of you know Bjorn and um, Ryan and uh, Randy Knight, it's a, an explosion of um, good quality, really, really top top quality trees. I know I'm, I'm probably. Uh, there's probably people swearing at me now saying oh, I've been doing this for years and uh, you know but it, it seems from the outside looking in it, right. seem, it seems that right. you know that the Japanese um, apprentices coming back it was a real right. real boom and you have so many you're so lucky over yeah. here to have so many really good top top artists you I mean, know? like we were discussing yesterday about Oregon there's at least five or six yeah you know yeah either classically trained or American classically with the Japanese approach training yeah. apprentices in that little, <laughs> little area. But it's, it's almost yeah. to the point where you don't really need to go to Japan anymore. You know, That's what I've been told too. To, to, uh, uh, to serve an apprenticeship. You know, Michael Had Hagedorn's doing yeah. an excellent job. Bjorn's just finished his first one. Yeah, yeah. You so, know, yeah, um, it's, all, it's, all, it's all good stuff. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and I would argue that, so, that some of the material that you get is... is you know, it's some of the best in the world. Yeah, it's, you know, it's also landscape. stunning. You know, it's a landscape stunning. out here. Just, it's so big. Yeah. And I told you, my my wife and I, we I drove her across the country. She'd never done that, being from Japan. Yeah. And it was like a kid in a candy store with a face on the window the whole way down. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, look at that! Look at that! It's so different. I That's know. Wyoming. We stopped out because it's so. You know, if you've been to Wyoming, right? No. no. If no, you no, have yeah. a chance, you should check out Wyoming. It's beautiful. Just watch out for the high winds because it will flip a semi truck over. Oh <laughs> really? Oh, it will crazy but the views you see are something completely different and you can just see for miles and we watch the sun go down and yeah. she started crying she said, this is the most beautiful thing i'm like what about me but like, i'll be shut up <laughs> <laughs> but um where's where are some spots that you would like to go teach in the united states that i haven't been um or that you haven't been yet i i haven't been up to i'd like to go to dan robertson's i'd like to see ellen the gardens that would be that would be fantastic um I'm not sure, really. Yes, I don't know enough about America, you know, America and the different states. All the states that I've been to, I try a day off here and there is nice, nice for me to, you know, to get a bit of the culture. Go out up into the mountains, like the other day, uh, Mike Andrew Humphreys took me up into the Catskills. We did some trout fishing. That looked fun, yeah, uh, the, I saw that. By the cabin, oh, it was fantastic. I love days like that. A little nature they, therapy. They make it so worthwhile. Yeah. Without, you know. Yeah, you have to have a little bit of a holiday. You, know? you have to, I mean. Otherwise, it's, you know? you know, it's just a workshop with a different accent. You know? That's a good point. Yeah. It goes with anything in life, right? Yeah. Too much of one thing, it's just like I'm already drained out. Yeah. You know? You're going to do this for two months? Yeah. And you have how many more places to go now? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'll be going to... Uh, uh, Chicago, um, New England, um, Dallas, Houston, Austin, 
Um, I'll probably miss some out. Hmm. Uh, Chris Springer, I don't know, he's up in Maine. Was in Maine? Maine. Yeah. 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 Um, You're going to try to see Colin Lewis when you get there. No, I, d I don't think I'll be able to. I don't think I've got time. Gotcha. But I've, I've, I've been to see him a couple of times uh, in the past, and I always enjoy his company. And he was one of my main influences, you know, when I was right. uh, when I was starting out, yeah. and still is. You know, he's um, very influential. Yeah, I I remember my first book. Like I saw a tree. As the listeners on here have heard my story. Got into it. Real quick thing was like, I saw a tree when I was on lunch break from my massage therapy work I was doing back in Portland. Saw a little gold hinoki cypress and a, um, and a kind of palm style hinoki cypress. I'm like, I'm going to buy those. Go I'm home. My wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to bonsai. She's like, you don't know about it? I'm like, nope. But I know what it is. She's like, okay. And I went to the local bookstore in Portland, Palace Books, you know, really famous one. And I got the um, bonsai 101. Yes, I read that on the bus pretty yeah. much all the way through. I was like, oh, wow, okay, cool. And the next, probably next two months, every weekend I was at the nursery just checking the material. You know, of course, like everybody, when they're starting out, they buy 10, $10 pieces, you know, or, you know, 15. And when you could have bought one $100 piece and probably gotten a better education on it. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah as far as that, you know, um, when you do travel, whether it's U.S. or anywhere in the world, what, what do you take from those as far as, does it change your styling of trees sometimes based on the allocation of climate or geography? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, uh, a few years back, uh, we, I had I was in California with Robert Presler, um, and he said, we've got, we've got a few days off. Uh, do you fancy doing a road trip? And I said, well, where are you thinking of? And, we went to the White Mountains to see the bristle cones. I have not been there. Only yeah, there. We went to see the giant redwoods. Uh, went to Monterey to see the uh, uh, the, the cypress, mm. and uh, we went somewhere else. I can't remember, but it was basically three days. We did two thousand one hundred miles. That's a lot. Yeah, but uh, they, the they, it was it was like tick 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 on my bucket list. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, it was uh, fantastic, and looking at some of the dead deadwood there, uh, yeah, that influenced me. That changed, yeah. changed my my carving. I, w I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the pictures. I mean, those are some of the oldest trees in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stunning. I, my, in my class, my horticulture class, my teacher brought it up in one of the slides in the early on. I was like, "Holy wow!" That's yeah. what I was like, raised my hand. I'm like, "Oh." It'll what do you know about this? I'm like, I'm a tiny tree guy. So that's like the god of tree. <laughs> but you kind of, you kind of, you can recognise uh, deadwood similarities in some species, like uh, uh, the uh, the cypress, the Monterey, uh, very much like a, a Tosho type juniper, very stabby, jabby, yeah, yeah, kind of deadwood, yeah. and um, you know, completely like it wants to hurt you. <laughs> yeah, completely different to. Um, to some of the other deadwoods, you know, this uh, just unique, mm. unique, and um, yeah, hugely. Yeah, I love it. I love love seeing other other deadwood. Most of the deadwood in the UK tends to be wet rot, as opposed say, to the high mountain yeah. stuff. You know, so um, yeah, completely different effect. I do want to get to the UK someday just to see some of the old growth forests because I've. Those sound beautiful to see. Yeah. You know, just the majesticness of them. You yeah. Know? Um, do you spend a lot of time 
when you're not working in those kind of forests? Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I'm fortunate. About 20 minutes from where I live is a is a wood that it's full of oak and holly, a few birch. But they they've uh, they've been there for I think it's 500 years. Wow. This yeah, and it's I think it's the largest ancient woodland in Europe. Um, it's 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 oaks with huge limbs that tumble down, hit the ground. It used to be worked. It used to be farmed, so the wood uh, the branches would have been cut, pollarded, cut off, mm. and uh, used for uh, house building, okay. uh, shipbuilding, that kind of thing. So it was milled wood then. Taken to the mill and cut down. Yeah, the yeah, but often branches were grown in a particular shape for, say, the uh, uh, the keel of a boat. Ah, you know, okay, yeah, so they yeah. would choose timbers that were shaped so the grain works in the right, right. in the right way. Um, but obviously, they got neglected, so the trees then have these odd-looking limbs that. Uh, Get a bit too heavy and they'll break off, and that creates the starts to create the deadwood. I mean, I mean, most ancient deciduous trees in the UK have deadwood on. You know, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. I like deciduous trees with deadwood because it tells a story. Yeah, I guess I get that from Dan. You know, yeah. I, like I was saying, Ryan and I went up there. He was up there. That's his old teacher, and I was graciously given an opportunity to go. And um, within, how did you hear about Dan Robinson? Pardon? How do I, I hear I about, about it? Uh, through books, through the um, uh, the Internet Bonsai Club and uh, social media. And uh, I read his book. Uh, no. Graham, po- Graham Potter also told me that Graham Potter's he was heavily influenced by Dan Robinson. Mm. Um, I think he came over to a show. I can't remember where it was. Dan Robinson was there in the UK. Did he have the I, did, I didn't get a chance to see it, but oh, I right saw right. some photographs of the work that he did. Did he have the chainsaw with him? Uh, I can't remember. Gotcha. I can't remember. Is that his usual yeah, that trick? Was, is that it? was the thing he told us that he liked to do. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily for just like the wow factor, but also yeah. just like that's pretty cool. Well, I, I, I use the chainsaw. I've got, I've got, um, I've got one of those carving. Uh, you know the, the where people take a tree and they'll they carve an animal into it. Mm-hmm. They they use these really short, pointy, uh, pointy um, saw blades, yeah. and they're, they're very useful for big stuff, obviously. Right. right. Um, but just to speed the speed the process up, if you want to open a tree up and get in there with the chainsaw first, just right. knock knock the middle out of it, and then then start to refine it. That makes sense. You're cutting time in half. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, with your everyday, you know, bonsai practice outside of traveling, what keeps you going? How do you how do you how do you find the like we're talking about? You know, it's different from being a, not a hobby or just lifestyle choice. It's now your full time income, money maker, bread. You know, you got a bread and butter right there. You know. Yeah. Um. What 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 gets you up? What keeps you going? How do you do it? Um. Well, I mean, it, it sounds a bit cliche, but I. I go to bed thinking about trees, and I wake up thinking about trees. So it's it's that kind of yeah. it's that kind of level. So um, I mean, you know, I it's a peaks and troughs. Sometimes I I might just water my trees for a few weeks, and uh, not be particularly interested in doing anything to them. And then all of a sudden, I'll I'll just be on them. You know, mm. um, it it varies really. 
Uh, car uh, when when I've done two months of carving, it might be a it might be a while before I pick up a treble again. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, I I I really enjoy the styling side of it, um, which is completely different to the noise. Uh, right. You know that constant whining of a machine, that, and I like I find that a lot a lot more peaceful than. Um, yeah, I, lo I love styling my deciduous work. Mm. Yeah, and uh, the majority of my trees are, uh, are deciduous. They are. Yeah. Okay. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought I heard you say you don't carve your own trees much, or yeah, I think people assume that I've got a garden full of carved trees, and I haven't. I maybe have three or four. Um, you just don't want to do what you do for work all the time on your own. Or just... uh, no, no, it's it's just appropriate. Whether mm. it's appropriate for the tree. Um, some of them are already naturally hollow and don't need don't need anything doing to them. So um, you know, I just leave well alone. But yeah, so knowing what carving for carving's sake is is not what I'm about. Yeah. You know, if if someone brings it, if they've got a couple of trees and they bring them into a workshop and I recognise one of them, it shouldn't be carved. Then I'll. I'll I'll make it plain. I don't really think it, it yeah. should be carved, and hopefully they'll take me up on that. If they, if they if they want to go ahead and carve it, then then fine. Yeah, I mean they're, they're trees. Yeah, right? yeah, it's their their choice. You weren't classically trained, were you? Or were you self-taught? Self-taught, self-taught. So, with self-taught, what barriers did you come up against that you realized you could have that you now figured out to help people through? Does that make sense? As far as how do you mean? Um, so like when you're starting out self-taught, like trying to learn, learn guitar by yourself, right? Yeah. There's certain, uh, uh, levels where you kind of just even out. Well, I'm, I'm quite, a, I'm a good visual learner. Okay. Um, so I, you know, I can, uh, watch someone doing a demonstration and see the technique that you're using mm. and uh, apply it pretty well. I mean, you know, experience, you do break branches when yeah. you're, when you're bending, uh, you know, you've got to. Experience counts for a lot of um, what I do. Um, yeah. I know, that's a question. I, get, I ask some yeah. questions sometimes. We're like, dang, it's a hard question to yeah, answer. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, but I, I, I generally just ask them too to see, you know, as far as reflection pieces, you know, because you've had a lot of time in, you know, in your reflection, as I'm sure you do reflect on it, but in certain ways, I'm not a professional. I don't travel yet. I hope to someday, you know. Yeah, but um, in regards to, I hope that I can reflect on where I can move to help someone through something that I already went through, and just knowing that I can see it in them that they're going to have a problem either working on the tree or carving. Like you said. Yeah, well, the, I, I, I still advocate you have to go through. Um, you still have to go through the basics and make the mistakes to learn properly. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have to kill trees. Was it? You, was it? you know. Uh, Personally, yeah. you you have to 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 realize, you know, hearing it from someone else isn't good enough. It sucks when you lose them. I yeah, oh this yeah, year, this winter I don't know what happened. Just yeah, we, we all lose them. We all lose them. But that uh, it is the best way to learn. You know. Yeah, I usually as, lo as long as you know, as long as you can understand the reason right. why it's died. You know, sometimes you you don't know. I think for me, it's Ohio weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
the cold and the yeah well you're uh, we're so lucky in the uk that we have the gulf stream to and surrounded by water so we kind of have a, a more even even temperature you know we don't have the hot summers we, we get we might get a few days of a uh, hundred but it's not often and if it gets to minus 10 you know that's a bad winter and that will be for a few days it, right. you know most of the time it's uh, hovering just below below freezing mm. or maybe in the 20s generally throughout the year so you a know? proper winter yeah <laughs> livable yeah um, yeah but we did nowhere near the extremes of uh, temperatures I mean look at the, the temperatures we've had here over the weekend it's been from well, it's pretty year, cold last year on, was snowing on my birthday because you know yeah this this year was snowing I was like oh cool, was that up in the 80s 88 wasn't it something uh, like almost, almost 90 yeah. Been, yeah 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 and this Wednesday Crazy. we're be down to freezing <laughs> <laughs> yeah mad mad but yeah moving trees are I, all my trees live outdoors all year round. Unless I've repotted them, then I'll give them protection. You just put them on the ground. But other, otherwise, they're just out there doing their own thing. Right. With your garden design, um, I've never seen what the place looks like or in pictures or anything. Um, how did you, do you have a design for your own garden or is it kind of... No, not really. Um, I, I need to do a lot of work in my garden. Um, it's looking pretty shabby. All my, all my trees are... are are up on benches or on something but it's a bit mishmash i would like to spend some money and, and get it done properly really right but it's having the time and uh i'd, I'd rather work on the trees and work on the right, garden right. around it, you know? it, it do you have an idea of what you want your place to look like as far as your spot like do you have a do you want it like asian influenced or you know a proper uk you know, english garden or um, no, just nice and tidy, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. No, I, I, I'm not really. Uh, I don't. I like to look at Japanese gardens, but I, I, I quite like an English garden, really. Yeah. I mean, it, my garden is very steep for Suffolk, which is known for being, a, you know, as flat as a pancake. My garden is. Uh, if I go halfway up my garden, I can see over the top of my roof, which is a two-story house. Wow. It's pretty steep, but it's, it's terraced. But uh, the, the bottom third is, is used. The, the next two-thirds are kind of wild. Okay. Um, it's uh, grass and weeds, and the rest is trees. <laughs> okay. And uh, it seems like everyone's got the same idea. They, the, they'll walk up a little way and then get a bit puffed out and don't go any further so the whole <laughs> all the gardens across the back are all tall trees <laughs> which is nice because you get foxes and you get the owls and oh, all, the, all, the and nice, all that kind of nice, thing it's nice. like a cor nature corridor um, um, which i like that's interesting just from out here you know being a landscaper and all just having that different idea of culture too probably right just yeah how it's constructed but you know i like i like wildflowers so you know i don't cut my grass i like the wildflowers to come through i want to see the bees i have lots of bees lots of uh, uh bumblebees we call them uh, yeah. solitary bees yeah and uh yeah i've uh, little um they're quite rare uh it's a legless lizard called a slow worm and uh, i have oh. those all over the place. They don't eat enough of my snails and slugs, though. But they, okay. they could do a bit better at that. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, huh. no, I've got, I've got some some nice 
nice creatures visiting my garden. That's cool. That's yeah. nice. With uh, with you know, you being on all the time for bonsai carving, what have you, within the realm of that niche uh, hobby for some profession for others, what do you do outside of that? What, what's your what what's, what do you find yourself leisurely doing? You know. Um. Films. I like films. Um, I wouldn't say I've got. I've thought about getting into model making again hmm. as a, a little break from. Right. I mean, it's still just as intense, but um, uh, yeah, I've thought about getting back into model making. When you say bit. model making, you're not talking about like snap together plastic models. You're talking about like fine detail building. A yeah, well, the, the, they are plastic kits. I'll give you that, uh, but. Um, it's the painting and the, the effects. It's, uh, it's, it's a bit like the, the detail carving is mm. taking it to that. The minute, yeah. the minute yeah. details. I love all that. Uh, with, uh, I do wish my eyes were a bit better though. They're, they're, they're getting worse as I get older. Or, you know, a, yeah, so I'll have to get some big lenses. So that I can... <laughs> One of those big magnifying glasses. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, you are 95 now. All right, <laughs> yeah, I get yeah. you. So they did sing happy birthday, huh? Yeah. Oh, my. That was funny. <laughs> that was funny. You just snuck it in like a like a rabbit out of a hat, huh? Oh, man, that's a point. Um, for those of you that didn't know on this podcast, uh, we're sitting with Rob, who's the owner of Human Inn, uh, and uh, Will Badley, of course. And they went to dinner right before this podcast, and uh, Rob told me, he was laughing and said, Oh, I played a joke on Will. I said uh, it was his birthday, and I said he was 95. And then all the staff came out and said, we have a 95-year-old in the restaurant. <laughs> and then they sang happy birthday to this supposed 95-year-old man. <laughs> yeah. That had to be quite a feeling. We're like, oh, that's a reality check. <laughs> yeah. Revenge is a dish best served cold. <laughs> I've got a year to think about this before I come back with something. And, I'll, uh, get you. You know, I'll get you. I'll get you. The UK life is a lot of a lot of solitude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll be ninety six then. <laughs> with um, so before thatching, um, you know, as I know we discussed that with the proper traditional methods of you know roof building and things similar to what you'd like find in Japan or other uh, I don't want to say indigenous realms of house building and things, but that traditional uh, essence. Um, what were you doing before that? How did you find that, or what? What was your life before? Uh, well, before, before I was thatching, I was at school. I did, I did it. Um, when I left school, um, uh, there wasn't a, a great deal of work around. Um, I think it was uh, one in ten was the number for unemployment at that time. Was that with Thatcher, or mm -hmm. was that with Margaret Thatcher being in Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a, a government program called the Youth Opportunities Program. And uh, my mum kicked me out of bed one day and said, get down the Youth Opportunities Programme office. And I walked in there and they said, I had long hair at the time and <laughs> I was a bit of a hippie. Mm. And they said, you look like you want to be a Thatcher. And so that was my, it, I kind of fell into it, really. Okay. And I left schools not particularly well uh, um, uh, uh, qualified for anything. Uh, no particular idea of what I wanted to do. I've always been good with my hands, um, but um, I, I still had no idea. So it was kind of lucky. It was mm. luck more than anything that got me into the thatching. So you fell, you fell, really fell into thatching, <laughs> and 
and then you went into the probationary, uh, not business, but work field. Um, what made you think of bringing bonsai? Like, as you know, I, I know, as you said, hey, what if we try this? What was the inclination to even think about what if we what if we do try this? What's going to be the reaction of the people in this program for the kind of halfway house guys living there, right? Mm -hmm. um, and my question was like, what even started the process of you thinking of bringing a tree into having them work on it or do um, it? it was, uh, uh, the, my, my boss at the probation service was looking for uh, different avenues to um, um, for, for group work. I mean, they, they used to do uh, cooking, you know, also just basic stuff for uh, uh, for life outside of prison, really. Right. Um, but it, I, I made the suggestion one day because I know that other 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 people have used it as a, a form of therapy. Mm. Um, so I, I suggested it, and, and and she took me up on it, and um, it was very 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 successful. Successful. How long did you run that program with the trees for? I think it was, it was six months before I was laid off. Oh, yeah, it was. That uh, sucks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you considered trying to? I mean, I know you're busy with all the things you're doing now, but someday uh, bring that back into. Uh, oh, for sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I love teaching. Yeah. I love seeing people enthused by. Right. By what I do. Right. So I get a big buzz out of that. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd be more than happy to uh, to take it up again, you know, with with um, yeah, with any group. Have you have you thought about or given any thought to maybe what that would look like? Um, no, not really. Um, I'm just concentrating on the uh, here on now. this side this side of it for now. Yeah, here and now. But you know, if 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 someone approached me um, uh, with that in mind, yeah, I'd be. I'd, I'd be up for that, nice. definitely, definitely. Right, that's yeah, because I mean, I guess with America and you know, veterans, there's quite a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I know a lot of veterans, Vietnam or what have you. Um, you know, they're giving giving thing. something back rather than you know. Right. It, it can can look like it's take take take, but it's uh, right. you know. Right. With um, what's the other thing? Brian wanted to talk about. This is not here. <laughs> he had to go pick up his girlfriend. Sorry. Um, <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, do you have a favorite tree or species to carve? As it was, that was to carve, uh, probably um, taxes and olive. Why is that? Just because of wood? Uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a nice hard wood. Um, it, it's yeah, if it's close grained, yeah, yeah. I would say taxes above all. I think you've got a good contrast of. I love the dark green color, the red of the bark, and then the the silvery gray of the deadwood. Mm. And we have a lot of very very old taxus in the, in the UK because of um, uh, the, the the old pagan traditions. Uh, they they used to worship the uh, the U. Uh, then the Christians came and built churches on the pagan sites so which preserved these use and mm. we have we have quite a number that are kind of three four five thousand years old it's a guesstimate but, but, still, but they you know they, they only grow a, a, a tiny you know maybe a millimeter a year so they can 
roughly work out where the center was. And How big are these trees around, you say now? Oh, you, you know, you're like talking about tree. 20 feet across. Wow. Yeah, and there, there might only be four or five remnants of the of the trunk left you know the, the, the middle has gone completely but there's they, they know it's the same tree because they've yeah. you know they've the genetics are all the same you know wow. i mean that's jaw-dropping i'm sure it is and to be in uh, to be next to something like that is is yeah <laughs> very hum- very humbling very humbling just like just like the you know the bristlecone pines and the giant redwoods you know how humbling they are it's time to be quiet when you're with those trees yeah i just had a a friend that went over there for two weeks and she came back and i was like i'm forever changed my first time there and i'm glad i went when i was 60 not not 20. (laughs) it's like yeah she's like I took more in than I thought, and I started crying. I was like, I yeah. can only imagine there's a lot of energy in that forest, you know? Yeah. Um, throughout each time you go to a different area with forests or things, um, what do you feel you take from as yourself? Like, do you take um, positions of like, oh, this tree was that way because of that environment. Maybe I can do that back home. Or do you take, yeah. I felt this way. I want to reco- re- re- uh, reestablish that where I get back home. How do I do that? Reestablish as like a, a feeling you got like how can I make that come home with me as like if I was in this forest of the crystal cones how do mm. I find that back home? Um, uh, no, I just keep that. I just keep that for me. Remember really, that. yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't. Well, no, so you, like you, um, you walk into a forest and you, you want to recreate that forest. No, I'm not. I'm not that. No, that's not for me. I, I keep all this stuff in there, yeah. and some of some of the, some of that will transfer into what I'm doing, but not not, uh, not to copy if that's if that's where you're coming from. Not copy per se, but just the feeling you got, mm. as far as like yeah, the, no, the feelings the feelings stay in mm. uh, more than um, yeah, expressing that through my trees. I don't think I do that so much. Perfect. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, no, yeah. I, I get that because they're those things that are meant for us, right? Yeah, yeah. And you want to make them a miniature, but like, nah, I want yeah. that to be for me. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, that makes total sense. And I know some of my questions are off the wall, but I like to get questions to think. You know? Yeah, yeah. And how yeah. how's that? How did that affect? You? Yeah, so sometimes I need a little bit more time to think about things, sure. you know, than give it a, a direct answer. And that's right. totally fine. And like I said, I ask these questions even with Ryan. He's like, you asked me that hard question again I have to think about it like, yeah but it's not meant for immediate answer yeah. because out of respect for your time yeah you have yeah. to think about what it meant to you yeah you know? maybe that's a plain question try going back home <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I'll text you the answer to that one. hey you know I'm always free <laughs> with um, you know being in the UK seeing the bonsai and then coming to America all over the world really you know what, what countries have you been to I've been to uh, New Zealand Australia Czech Republic, Poland, Denmark, uh, Belgium, uh, yeah, the States. I'd like to go to South America. I've never been to South America. Um, Canada? No, no, that's another place I'd love okay. to go to. Um, and I don't know much about Canadian bonsai. There's uh, 
Is it e- uh, Easterbrook? Is is he David Easterbrook? He's, yeah, he's Canadian. He's, he was isn't he? the curator for the Montreal Botanical Gardens. Yeah. Since yeah. retired, I'd like to meet him too. He sounds like an interesting guy. guy. There's there's a good scene up there. Yeah, there's a good scene. They have yeah. a lot of Penjing too. Um, I, I think Easterbrook's Montreal's more eastern side of the yeah country, and then I think Vancouver, being on the west side, probably has a decent amount. They have a lot of international there. Yeah, but um, no. They're, yeah, it's uh, also a, a big space, yeah. you know. It's a very big country. <laughs> and it, you know, it it wasn't until I came to the States that I, you really realise how big it is. Yeah. You know, I was uh, staying, staying with um, Robert Presler the first time I came over and he said, you got a day off, uh, where do you, do you fancy going anywhere? And I said, yeah, let's go to uh, San Francisco. And he said, yeah, it's an eight hour drive. Because he's up, uh, he's in the Bay. He's he? he's LA. LA, okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, so, and that kind of put it into perspective. It, it takes as long to drive from the very south of England to Scotland. It takes nine hours. Right. You know, so right. California is the same size as the whole of the UK. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense for the economy. So yeah, that, that blew my mind. <laughs> You know, that, that's the thing I, I realized from moving out from Oregon, because it took me eight hours to drive out of Oregon to, this, to the border of Idaho yeah. from Portland out and then continue on. And then out here now, I was like, oh, I can drive to New York in eight hours? Okay, that's through four states. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I can drive two hours and be in a huge, bigger city? Three, being Indiana? Oh, okay. You know, I'll take three, almost three and a half hours to drive to Seattle from Portland, <laughs> you know? That western expansion is a big thing. Yeah, it was the gold rush definitely made a bigger map compared to the colonies of yeah. New England and whatnot. Um, that's funny you put it that way because that time in consideration too, being my wife from Japan, she said the same thing. Yeah, she's like, "This is huge." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah and I told you, every state is like their own little country." Yeah, you know, as in like, um, you know, this is your first time in Ohio, right? And then the whole Rust Belt, every little pocket. You live here your whole life, Rob. What would you say is, is all different everywhere you go? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Central Ohio is very flat. Southern Ohio is, you know, hilly mountains. Yeah. You go by Appalachia, right? Yeah. Um, if you ever get the opportunity to see Appalachian Mountains, I think you'd like that a lot. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, it's only four hours from here. The next time you come out. Got to try to get there because you yeah. can go see falling water too in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Four hours drive. Yeah, there and back. It's, that's something. Have you ever you know about the falling water from Frank Lloyd Wright? No. Yeah, it's um a house he built. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. The, the waterfall. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, it's stunning. That's otherworldly. <laughs> and you know that I, I saw that um, last summer, with my wife, and that changed my perspective on what can be done too. Yeah. As I know a lot of people have said that to one say or whatever, but that's just like, everyone that goes there is like, I'm changed as a person. Yeah. <laughs> this changed me. You know, um, oh, you're leaving tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah, nine o'clock. I, I, fly, say, I fly to New York. Again. So you had some extra time. I was like, oh, we could go into Columbus because there's a neighborhood uh, based on or around or after Frank Lloyd Wright houses. Oh, okay. Um, uh, in Worthington. Um, has pretty interesting stuff over there. Yeah. Um, do you do you find yourself being inspired by architecture, whether it be UK or you know, other things? Well, I, I'm not I'm not particularly religious, but I love a church. You know, oh, I, 
I could spend hours wandering around old churches, um, uh, even the graveyards, reading st- reading the headstones and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, t- um, old old Bill, old British. Uh, you know, I, I used to work on a lot of very old houses. You know, fourteen, fifty, sixteen hundreds. Those those kind of age of houses when I was thatching. That's hard for me to and I love uh, here, yeah. and you you can you can tell the age of a house by the type of joints that they used uh, in the uh, in the uh, design of the house. What kind of joints were you guys using? Or was was being used? I uh, all sorts of weird and wonderful names for them. Oh, you okay. Know, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a specific joint would pertain to a certain year or a certain time. Oh, wow. um, uh, yeah, I love old timber frame houses. And you know the the the, the really uh, the really well to do ones were, were carved. You, you beautiful carvings on the outside of the beams. And, yeah, I, lo- I love old old that, timber right? frame. Yeah, yeah, it's superb. Right. Yeah, I miss that. I miss I miss uh, working on on some of those old houses. Just doing the thatching or, all, or everything? Uh, just the, the the whole thing. The, oh. the, yeah, it's got an energy about it, right? It's own little yeah. animal thing. I yeah, know. I hope to get to the UK someday just to see that alone. You know, yeah. being that my family found us from some parts of Scotland. Yeah, some royalty, something bastardization of my last name. Someone got mad at someone and said, "Screw oh, okay. you! I'm changing the spelling and all this and that." And my brother did a deep dive and found we have our family plaque and uh, or crest and plaid and stuff. And I was like, "Okay, well, I'm not gonna wear it." <laughs> Do you mean Tom? Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. 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 American. Yeah, American. <laughs> <laughs> Watch Braveheart too many times. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think plaid, plaid would go down very well in uh, in Scotland if you said that. Yeah, probably not. See, now I know. Now I know. Now knowing half the battle, right? Um, what what is uh what has your experience been in Columbus or Ohio? Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, yeah, I've loved it. Yeah, I mean, it's quite flat. You know. Yeah, but uh, there's plenty of flat places, you know, sure. and that that has an appeal too, yeah. you know. You tend to be able to see a lot further. It's true. Yeah. You know, too bad we didn't get a nice uh, thunderstorm and lightning strike. Those are pretty cool. Yeah. Miles. No, the, where I am is is relatively flat, and it's it's got an appeal of its own. You know. Yeah. Definitely. I will say there's some big really, skies. You know. Really cool old trees around, especially on the farms out here. Mm. I'm sure you saw coming up with Rob. It's the really big old oaks and stuff. Yeah. And those are some of my favorites, just because they're not everywhere. You know, and those have been here probably forever. Yeah. Or grown to last a hundred years or more. It's just um, the consideration of time is so interesting every time you look at something, right? Yeah. And then yeah. there's a tree like you're saying the three thousand or so many thousands of years uh, taxes. I just I'm like, it's hard to imagine without seeing it. Yeah. And yeah. It's like, you know, I've talked to Rob about this a lot, and I, we traveled to and fro other shows and things, and. You know, we're always trying to figure out how we can improve the scene locally, but also have it ripple effect out. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's important. A legacy of um, of what you're what you're trying to achieve. Have you found yeah. anything that's that works really well for that, as far as like local club to do or anything? Not, not yet. No, no. no. It's always on the search. Yeah, yeah, because that's a question I ask a lot, just because I'm like, you know. Do the experience and time you've had more than me or both of us combined, it's like, what do you know that we don't? <laughs> you know, it's um, it's interesting for the fact of the way you came about into bonsai, just from thatching to probation work 
to going to the... Yeah, was that chance, that chance thing in a fuel station? You know, if I hadn't gone to the fuel station that day, where would I be now, you know? Right, right. Yeah. That can be on my lunch break. <laughs> and, uh, and f you know, from that day, to ever think that I could be travelling the world right. from that one little Sarissa for £10 is just... You know. how, how, how was that feeling when you like, oh, hey, America wants you. They've been knocking on the door. You know, what, yeah, what was that like? Was that just like they want? Yeah, it's a, again, it's a, it's very humbling because you know I I'm not very good at uh, compliments if people you know say mm. this oh wow it's you know I get a bit a bit embarrassed about it. Totally. Yeah. Same. Um, I find that a bit uncomfortable, but uh, yeah absolutely um, over the moon yeah. the, the first time I was invited over it was well, and, the, and the fact too that it still amazed me that it was the first time I've been to the States you know proper proper yeah. States you know and just uh, hearing about something and then seeing it like we're saying it's just like well that's a lot different than I thought that's not Clint Eastwood you know? yeah. <laughs> it's not good about the ugly it's, it's I, did, I had a I had a bad impression of uh, Americans when I when I was thatching uh, Back in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, I'd be working in a, a small village somewhere and uh, it was quite a touristy area. And you'd, uh, go, yeah. you'd have the Amer uh, Americans turn up big and brash and, as you say, wearing all these weird, uh, like, golfing oh, clothes. And and everything. Hi! <laughs> and they're, they're, you'd be turned around and they're up on the scaffold. <laughs> you know, it's a place called Lavenham. Um, in Suffolk, and it's a beautiful old village. All the houses are around 1450, 1500. And uh, I, know, I know people that live there, and they'd be eating their, eating their dinner, and suddenly the, the letterbox would go. You have letterbox on the, on the front door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, there'd be a camera lens. I'd be, I'd be American with this camera. What? <laughs> yeah. I apologize for all. So, so <laughs> I, I had a, 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 the wrong impression mm. of uh, what to expect when I came over, and you know, you're pretty much the same as us. You might be a little bit louder, a little bit more, but other than that, we're the same. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, oh wow. I'm but yeah, I, I I, quite often I'd be working, at, working up at height and. Turned around and there was someone up on the scaffold. Wow! Yeah. You're like, uh, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, I don't know what are you doing. <laughs> really? It was funny. Oh man, was it? Is it? I know. Uh, we 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 used to wind them up as well. We used oh, to sure. we used to pretend that uh, it we were employed by the government. It was, uh, well, we weren't really uh, keeping the water out. It was you know, it's all a bit pretend. <laughs> Either that or we had tarpaulins underneath to keep the water out. <laughs> <laughs> we used to pull their legs, you know. That's funny. <laughs> what, um, oh man, that, I, there's so many questions come to mind just from tourists because being a tourist in other countries but also realizing I'm representing my country, I don't act like an American, you know? And... I have a Japanese friend when I met him in my 20s he's like you know I have a I have a stereotype of Americans I'm like I figure I mean we have all stereotypes of all yeah, he's like what's yours he's like usually it's a big blonde buff guy in a tank top and short shorts and flip flops <laughs> for some reason 
carrying a boombox and going, hey, yeah, brother, yeah, America. I was like, I don't know anyone that does that. <laughs> yeah, he was going to college at, at Eugene and the University of Oregon. He's like, yeah, I realize that's wrong. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Was like, yeah, very wrong. You know, I can only imagine being, you know, as another English-speaking country, being like, oh, that's what, you know. So when you said the 80s, I was like, oh, was it Reagan and politics? <laughs> the big old thing. But yeah. terrorists by far would probably be a thorn in the side of most. Is Did they try to help you? Like thatching? Or no, no. It's just sometimes they'd ask, can I have a go? You know, I, know, I would let them. What would they say afterwards? Huh? What would they say? Like, that's really hard. Or, oh, I uh, cut myself. <laughs> no, that's it. They tank us and, yes. Um, yeah, it was interesting. But I was... <laughs> Just completely wrong. Just completely wrong when I came over, you know. I'm, I'm glad I expected guns going off, you know, everyone's carrying, you know. Oh, Texas, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. But, um, yeah, completely wrong about the people. Mm. But Which, it's funny uh, how you, funny how you, you build these things up in your head. and TV, right? Yeah. Movies, yeah. yeah. The worst, some of the best are the worst things. Yeah. <laughs> With uh, you, you were spending time in the Catskills, right? Is that yeah. where you were at? Yeah. yeah. I've yet to go up there. What, what's it like up there? Is it it's a pretty? I heard it's a lot of deciduous forests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there are, there are some pine areas. Um, Maybe the eastern white pine or whatnot. Uh, yeah, and pitch, pine pitch. And yeah. Um, Probably maybe. Yeah, a lot of lot of um, uh, it sugar maples and. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, but stunning, stunning. Absolutely beautiful. Does it, um, as in this part of the country, there's a lot of deciduous forests. How um, or in what ways are they similar and or different than similar forests in the UK? Uh, the, the, they seem to look. They look. Um, well, I mean, we have a variety of different. We, we have uh, a lot of forestry commission land where the trees were planted for timber. You know, as well as a more natural. We don't have a huge amount of. I, th- I think in the UK we're about five percent wood okay. forest. Okay. You know, because of sixty-five heading probably heading towards seventy million people. Oh, wow. We haven't got a lot of space for, oh, for trees. You know, so there's little pockets as opposed to vast areas like you have. Right. Scotland is slightly different, and Wales has large forested areas uh, possibly because of the terrain is uh, it's just too difficult to build on <laughs> yeah, mountains and yeah, yeah. yeah. so you know we don't have the, the, the massive massive forest that you have over here yeah yeah because I mean, my experience you know like the said, trees look a lot younger they're, you know they're, they're not huge big fat trunks are they they're right. quite right long uh, tall. Yeah, yeah slender slender forest trees that's what it was interesting to me for one seeing forests that were just majority was deciduous mm. being temperate forests in oregon pacific northwest where i grew up you know on the coast you have all this completely different ecology yeah right also we're 33 percent forested for america america okay 33 percent forest in america yeah yeah it's wow, a big, that's big <laughs> yeah um, i just but given the landmass of space, you guys have very dense, you know, yeah. London. I mean, I yeah. don't know if I couldn't do London for long. 
Wow. Right, this, what's it? Nine million just in London alone. Nine million wow. people. Wow. Uh, I I told you I was supposed to go visit there when I was you know twenty. 1819 but didn't probably would have had a panic attack yeah i mean yeah that's, that's a that's, lot of people that's busy that's too much <laughs> yeah like do you um do you find yourself when you're traveling liking bigger cities or do you just still like to still out, stay out and no I, I much prefer the country countryside or yeah. the smaller towns i'm yeah. not a city person that i've been i was born in london I uh, spent first 12 years in london my mum and dad got divorced and my mum had family up in Suffered, right? So uh, it was straight out. I was, and I, yeah, absolutely loved it. Mm. You know, outside my, we have common land in the UK, uh, which is uh, it's like communal land where people would uh, keep their cattle and stuff. Okay. So it's a, a small town. I lived in Sudbury, in Suffolk, and two minutes walk. I was across on a, a floodplain common land. And lots of rivers, and so I'd spend most of my time fishing. You know, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, probably see all walking the, the dog and, and fishing. I say all the old trees the cattle have been grazing on too, right? Uh, not not so much. Uh, that it was uh, more grassland, a flood floodplain land. So it's okay. just just grass really, and uh, there'd be willow trees along the banks of the river. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'd uh, spend all day. In the summer holidays when I was off school, I'd be out there every day. That oh, sounds amazing. You know, willow, speaking of willows, willow's a tree I've thought about trying to do with bonsai. Have you had much experience with willow? Yeah, I know or? I know one guy in the UK that's had great success with them, but most people suffer suffer with dieback, a lot of dieback. But he, he seems to have got a handle on it, and he had one, he showed a weeping willow at the trophy, a guy called Simon Temblet. If you, if you Google his name, you'll okay. see a lovely example of a weeping willow. Yeah, because I'm just trying to figure it out, because I know that this, what I call a zombie tree, my landlord, when I moved to my place here, Columbus, he's like, oh, this tree's kind of dead, kind of alive, and it was a weeping willow. He's like, I was going to do it in the landscape, but I realized I shouldn't because the roof will run yeah. and screw my yard and my house. I'm like, smart. And um, I just watered it, I watered it, and they, they said it was completely dead. Yeah. And I was like, well, you give fish water it will find more water right yeah in that theory and sure enough it's now it was here and now what two years later it's three feet tall yeah and just string stringy as, as hell but i was like what do i what do i do with it i think i think he got around the die back with a uh he'd have like a a bucket of uh weak feed okay up above and he'd have like a, a drip uh, is it like a drip mat? It's like a capilla, capilla, oh, capillary oh. matting, okay. and that would go down into the pot. So it was it was constantly wet, but not sitting wet, not like uh, uh, sitting in a right. tray of water. Right. And um, yeah, a beautiful example. But I've 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 tried you know the, the, the corkscrew willow and yeah, I've tried yeah. that. I mean, it's so easy to strike from cuttings, but it's that dieback thing. You right. Know, you put a lot of work in, and the whole. Oh bloody branch will die! You know? Wow. Yeah, frustrating. Proper education. So I, I I tend to stick to the easier species, really. Which are uh, everything else. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we've got uh, we've got about thirty five native native trees that's a, that's in the UK. Um, Mostly deciduous or uh, yeah. Well, we we, we have a 
we have the Scot Scots pine, taxus, and common juniper mm. are the are the three three conifers we have. Uh, although taxus is not really a conifer. Mm. Um, and yeah, the rest is is broadleaf deciduous. Nice. Um, but hawthorn, blackthorn, uh, Prunus spinosa, and crataegus are probably the most popular of uh, the deciduous ones because they have small leaves and, mm. and work well as bonsai. Yeah, um, Quercus, uh, we have some good examples of oaks, but um, uh, they're, they're, uh, I think you need a lot, a lot more experience to work on those types of trees. Uh, they're, they're, not, they're not quite so easy, you know, fleshy roots that can uh, freeze in the winter. Mm. Um, big leaves. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, we've got beech hornbeam. You know the the same things you have. I don't think we have the, the you have some big leaf problems over here. We have the American beech. Yeah, yeah uh, even your hornbeam is quite a large leaf compared to ours, yeah. um, the, the European species. Um, but yeah, there's there's quite a number of uh, usable usable um, species in the UK. Are you guys finding that you're having a lot of problems um, with blight and mops yeah. and everything? Yeah. Uh, our our ash trees are are dying dying off in large numbers. Uh, there's an airborne um, fungus that's uh, it's called ash dieback. Mm. Basically, it just weakens and weakens and weakens the tree, and they're all dying. And the ash is probably the um, predominant yeah. um, tree of the wood. So ah, okay. it's, a, it's a big loss. It's like out here we had the ash borer, yeah, decimated the whole country. But there, there, there are lots of there's um, uh, bleeding canker in oak. There's a lot of a lot of things that we're up against now. Right. It's funny. I was I was talking to uh, Mark Nolanders. Um, hmm. I was doing a workshop with with him in Germany, and he was. Uh, he was saying that he reckons it'll get to the point where we'll, we'll probably have four or five species per country that we can use as bonsai and the rest will be, you know, uh, don't use that because of the disease, pests and diseases. Uh, right. You know. A whole isolation container. Mm. That's yeah, yeah it, it just seems year in, it, it gets worse and worse, you right. know, there seem to be more and more diseases. Do, do you think that's through... Um, Importing, exporting, or just human I, th human I think that's or? a big part of it. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, the UK, because we've left um, left Europe now, oh, is going to be a lot tighter on on uh, trees being moved across across the border. So maybe that will help a bit, but you know, we'll see. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, with you know, not to get political, but with the Brexit, do you think that will affect the bonsai scene? As far as, like you said, not with necessarily I think, trees, uh, but just like Because of COVID hitting straight after Brexit, there's still a lot of um, stuff to be ironed out as yet. Oh, so okay, whether, you that. know, <clears throat> the UK has always been uh, quite a large proportion of UK trees go over to the trophy, which used to be the Nolanders trophy. Right. Um, I, I I'm hoping that we'll still be able to show in Europe. Right. 
but you know you need passport passports for the trees and uh, oh. phytosanitary certificates and all that kind of stuff to like be able to move move stuff. trees in the California yeah yeah that's really hard a lot of money too yeah and someone's having a bad day on the checkpoint yeah. sorry you can't come in. yeah yeah Eesh. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's early days as far as uh, customs sorting out that, that side of things. Right, yeah. so it's a grey area right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that sucks. And the, 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 the taxes on imports is, uh, is all changed as well. So importing and exporting. So there's, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's going to take a little while to to, yeah. to sort it all out. With, with importing trees there, before Brexit or even now with um, was there a quarantine area because I know here that's mm-hmm. one of the main reasons why people don't import trees anymore if it if it if it was from Europe it, it's all in it's all counted as one area so you didn't you didn't you don't have to quarantine okay. but Japanese anything outside of Europe should should go through quarantine are, are you all getting any American trees over there There's like Rocky Mountains Junipers or I, don't, I don't think I don't think there's anyone um, importing from America. I wonder if it was a vibe out there. Anyways, it's probably too damp. Maybe in the arid environment where those some of those. I don't. I don't think uh, Rocky Mountain junipers would do very well. I'm not sure though. I'm not sure. Mm. I, th- I, th- I think Walter Walter Paul uh, had some Rocky Mountain junipers over in Germany. So and okay. I think they did quite well. Okay. So uh, maybe. See what but, happens. You know. I, We've got enough to play with. We've got sure. some good stuff to we play with. We've got a lot with. of history too. Play yeah. <laughs> more and more, more churches to look at on that too. Um, one, one last question. You know, it's getting dark out here. Now you got to get some sleep too. We've been on a hustle and bustle all week and all month. Um, what is one thing that you want to be remembered for in life? Whether it be in bonsai or just with your engagement? Ah. Uh, that's a hard question. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like to be known um, long term for my carving and being inspirational. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think that I inspired someone else to go on and take what I do further. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd like. Awesome. Yeah. Um, where can we find more about you? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, I'm, I'm not all over social media. I tend to use uh, Facebook and a limited amount of stuff on uh, um, on uh, Instagram. But I have uh, I have my Will Badley page on Facebook, mm-hmm. and I have my Wildwood Bonsai, which is more the work side of it, on Facebook. Cool. Well, thank you for your time today. No, Trying thank to put you. you on the spot. That's all right. Figure just get some okay. good, good stories going. And uh, Rob, thank you for posting always. Today's episode has been recorded, produced, and edited by Kevin Ferris and Ryan Houston. Our music was provided by Midi Cancer. To find more music from Midi Cancer, check out their SoundCloud and Bandcamp pages. To find more information on the podcast, please check out our Instagram page, Bonsai Time Podcast, and our website, bonsaitimepodcast.com. To stay in touch with us, Kevin's Instagram is Kevin underscore Ferris PNW, and Ryan's website is right2tree2.com. You can find these links in the description below. Thank you for listening and bonsai on!